Yeah. All right, here we go. All right, let's do it. Good morning and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm your certified host, Steve Lucky Luciano. Sitting across from me is my red brother. Yeah, Chumahan, born American Indian, elegant barbarian, Southern California. And the son from what we were wait, 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 Before, don't ruin the trust. Biological. Something happened in Carson City. Yeah. Uh-huh. The result of which is Sean Lewis, <laughs> certified audio professional engineer. A.K.A. Old Blue, Blue Eyes. For the Hard Luck Show. Right. Rumor has it. Rumor has it. Frank. Frank. Sinatra. Okay. That's, <laughs> That's it. Enough. That's, That's enough. That's enough. And we've got Big Pick Mike and King Salmon on visuals. That's right. Hey, what's up, y'all? Yeah. And uh, tonight, very oh. special, special guest. I'm very excited to welcome back to the show. Actually, two guests. Uh, part of the Hard Luck family. Let's welcome L.A. in the motherfucking house, Conejo! Let's not forget Prime's in the building. Yeah, Prime, welcome Prime. to the show, Prime. Yeah, what's up, Canel? <laughs> Chilling right what's here. Up, Raining outside. It's, it's good right now. Yeah, yes, it is. It's good for some things, huh? A bunch of things. Yeah. A, bunch of, yeah, <laughs> a bunch of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. about how back in the day, the rain like this was a filter. Right. You yeah, just yeah. do all kinds of shit. You shape could, shift. A buffer. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Shape yep. shift. You could um shit. maneuver. Yeah, you could do things. <laughs> I always felt, I always had that feeling like I wasn't gonna get busted when it's like that. Like, the, like I felt like I was almost invisible. You yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's too much going on for anybody to like zero in on anybody. Nobody want to get wet. Nah, nobody want to get even wet. The cops, yeah. right? Right. Yeah, it's it's no don't fun get arresting right. anybody yeah, in the rain. It's the, I still got another six hours on this shit. Right. Don't want to go Let's just stay in the car. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. just stay in the car. Get another coffee. Another donut. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and you know what, man? I'll say this too because. <clears throat> LA has such great weather most of the time that when it does it rain, rain like yeah. this, it really does it's throw special. everything off. It does. It's it's like they say, like you go to other states, they know how to drive when there's snow, when there's rain. Yeah. Right. California, as soon as it starts raining, motherfuckers are careening in and shit. <laughs> careening, they all slow down. What, what they call the oil. Um... Yep. Yeah, yep. that's right. It lifts up. And everybody's going like 15 miles an hour. You're like, what the fuck? It's, it's, it's sprinkling. It's yeah. not raining. Let's go. Yeah. Fuck. But December 9th, before we get into all the other shit, let's, uh, let's talk about maybe one of the greatest shows ever. ever this year happening right now. The hottest motherfucking ticket. Conejo, yep, right? Yep. Oh, I, I, thought you were, I thought you were getting ready to say that one of the hottest shows ever was when we had them on uh, over there in Westwood. As far as podcasts go, yes, yes, but for live performance where you want oh, shit to hell go down, hell yeah, Don Quixote, right? What was the address on Olympic? Twenty eight eleven East Olympic Boulevard, right? It's like Sears the Tower. the cross street is like Soto and Olympic, right? So the Sears mm-hmm. Tower, it's, well, yeah, the Sears it's right Tower. by the old Sears building, right there. Nice, yep, right. December 9th. We just um we 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 had the walkthrough yesterday. What happens in a walkthrough? You just. 
you know, you got to make sure you know all the escape routes, you know, you know, where you're going to hide things and where you're going to be at and where you're going to put your people at. Then you check the stage, the sound, make sure, you know, because this year I'm doing it with a live band. Right. So I got to make sure my squad is like in the right place, you know, nothing's in their way. What do you mean you're gonna right. do with the live band? You mean the, like the drummer, beat and bass, all that? Everything. It's gonna be live. It's gonna be live. See, that's why we gotta go. Oh, what was your decision on that? Like, what, what was your mind at with doing it that way? And I, you know what? The thing is that I've been like fucking with musicians f- for my whole career. As a matter of fact, I've yeah. been fucking with like you know guitar players, keyboard players, all that. And um, I actually have a whole EP I did when I was on the run. It's called Planet Exile. Conejo, fools ain't heard it. Go to uh, Spotify, iTunes, all that shit. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a live. It's like a like some Rage Against the Machine type shit. You know, I fucking love that. So I always been doing that. You know, and plus, man, I'm from the West Side. That's our shit. Yeah, bro. You know what I'm saying? Tell so him. yeah. So you know, and and I just went on this on this uh, the Sinister tour, and I took the live band with me. You know, so we I I've, I've been doing it as of lately. You know, right. And and so what is different about doing? Like doing it with a live band, like how is that different? Like what? How is the approach different? How is it? How is it different? Like I'm just gonna go like off of energy. I feel like the energy is just stronger. Like when the fucking drums hit, shit, yeah. that shit hits. Yeah. And then to me, I hear the bass line when it's just so deep. Yeah. All those vibrations and just you know everything that's that's going on. I like it. I, I like spinning to the to the regular beat because there's some fans that want to hear you. Like the you know how they know it you know right, right. they want to hear it how they heard it on the yeah. on the song but but you know look when we went on this this tour I was kind of concerned because I was like because a lot of my a lot of my fans they're like diehard you know like they don't get they're like it's a cult it's a cult following you know yeah so they want to hear it that way and then so I was like man I wonder if I'm a you know they're gonna you know, like feel some type of way, like what the fuck is this? Some rock and roll shit, like, <laughs> or, or so, you know, right, I didn't pay for this. Or if yeah, you can, yeah. or if you can introduce them to some new shit. Yeah, so so we went, man. We didn't have a, like a issue nowhere. We went, like they were fucking with it everywhere we went. They were just like, like all right, and and people were telling us like, ah, oh, that's this next level C O N. This is a next level conejo, like. We like this shit. Yeah. What I love about what you do, man, it's just so versatile, bro. Like, I, I, I mean, I see you on Instagram. I see you doing all this other stuff. And I see, you know, not just with some of the concepts for some of the art that you put up to, to talk about whatever it is you're doing, right? Like, it's got yeah. a sinister quality. It's a little yeah. bit like, you know, Diablo. It's kind of scary. It's a little scary, right? Yeah, like, I yeah. love that shit. But also, like... You know, with the music and the beats and doing shit with, like, a live band, it's, I mean, where do you get the energy to do all this shit, brother? I mean, I just I just want to create, you know? And, and, and back to, like, me saying, like, this some West Side shit, like, when I grew up as a kid, yeah. I grew up listening to, like, Iron Maiden. Right. You know, whether it was, like, Quiet Riot, Twisted Sister, Rat, right. Van Halen, you know, I was a mm-hmm. big Van Halen fan, so I, I grew up on that shit, so... And then when I started making like like hip hop, like I started with um with my boy Motivate, he was over there on 900 East First Street in the loft area, mm. and they were all artsy, you know. And that's when I first started digging in the crates. That's when I, I came across like John Coltrane and and um, Miles Davis and shit like that to sample, you know. Mm-hmm. So then all these like musical things, you know, they, you know, you 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 take from everything, and and that's how I don't like. I don't feel like I ever. I always say that. 
I don't ever get writer's block. I don't ever feel stuck because I just got so much to pull from. Mm-hmm. And, and even now, when I went on my, my journey, I'm in Mexico. I come back, I don't even want to hear English music. I don't want to hear Spanish music, you know, because I'm over here. I'm over there listening to shit. And, and when, I, when, I, when I got into it, I'm like, man, this is the new gangster rap. This corrido shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. This, this is the new, and this, this shit's about real shit. There's real stories, real people they're singing about. Yeah. So, but see, I, I have all those influences. So I just, I just like creating and shit. And I like linking up with people that are creative. You know, I don't, like I always been in my own lane from the beginning. I always been in my own lane, my own sound. I never copied nobody's shit. Uh, my shit was just grimy, because I, you know, I grew up in that. Hey, I grew up in the, like, you know, yeah, I, you know, I came up in the '80s and then the end of the '80s and then the whole '90s was just grimy as fuck. So, <laughs> I just wanted to paint that picture. It was, it, yeah, the homies had fucking gold Dayton's and all that shit was going on. Like the, you know, they was the homies that had money and all that, but, but I didn't have it. I was out there doing fucking robberies in the rain type shit, you know. So that's yeah. the music I make. Like those, those, and 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 you know, like you know, we're having casualties. So I want to rap about that, and and then you know, I'll come across a loop. You know, we're, we're you know we're digging through the crates. Oh shit, this shit sound like this us right here. You know, yeah. And and there was a lot of man. The whole nineties had like probably like you know, hip hop evolves. You know, I'm not gonna say it had the best, but that's my soundtrack. You know, the nineties was like they had everything. You know, from I'm East Coast and West Coast. You know. Man, Even before the South came up in the in the picture, you know, like that. I mean, when you said when you said robberies in the rain, yep, that sounded like a fucking album title or a it song is. to me. Robberies in the rain. That's that's my next T-shirt. Robberies yeah. in the rain. I fucking love that. That was <laughs> really one. dope. That's, that's a good dope, one, right? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, like I said, we went on tour with the band. We played. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even get like you know. They send messages like. Eh. You fucking up. Well, some sometimes you you see some messages, but it's like it's like a dude that he ain't even ever right. even purchased nothing from you or nothing. He just want to complain, you know? Right. So it's always a motherfucker like that. When you look at him, like you know, it's a motherfucker that's that's got five followers and no posts. Shit. That got some shit to yeah. say. Got some shit to say. Fuck out of here. Well, you know what? Lame. Man? Hey, half fuck of my, lame. Uh, man, half of my career is just fucking stepping on the heads of motherfuckers like that. I'm like, yeah, oh, hey, good. Right. Hey, just say it. Say you hate me. I don't give a shit. That don't right. make me yeah. none at all. Right. That's part of it. Yep. Right. Especially if you're putting something out there that you care about. That saying something, that's doing something. Some people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is this?" or "I don't get this," or whatever. It's like, "Good, you're not supposed to, motherfucker." Next, yeah, mm-hmm. right. So I just um, that's how I always been doing music. So I'm gonna just stay in my lane and do it the way I do it. You know? Can I ask you? Maybe we talked about it last time, but <laughs> I want to talk about it again. Can I ask you, um, why the name Conejo? Where does that come from? All right, I'm gonna tell you the 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 the. How it how it started when I got put on the hood they used to call me Little Tricks I they I got jumped into the hood on twenty in between Catalina and Butlong in the white apartments on twenty seventh in the back they put me in the hood back there Big Tricks who's rest in peace now he was like I'm gonna call you Little Tricks really I wanted to be Little Bandit because my older bro they call him Bandit but they're like nah you're gonna be Little Tricks yeah. and then when the riots hit in nineteen ninety two we was out there fucking wilding out and then um. There was a Pet Boys on the corner of Hoover and um, Washington. Yep. Yeah. So we hit Pet Boys. We 
rushed that shit. <laughs> and then while we were in there, well, they had the little like little market carts type, you know, but a little bit smaller. Yeah. But I was just loading them up with spray cans. So we're fucking everything up, riding and 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 then um, so I have been like fucking with the idea like ah tricks. I just it sounds kind of I was already like think like 16, 15, 16. I was like man, I need something more like serious and shit. Like mm-hmm. tricks sounded like I was still a kid, you know. Yeah. Even like- though I was still a kid at sixteen, I just and 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 there was other conejos from my neighborhood, you know, like and every generation. There's probably like three or four of them. Yeah. You know and and. And then the first time I hit up on the wall was on the corner of um, 23rd and Hoover. There was one of those machines where you lo- where you go fill up your, your water, like the five-gallon ones. Right. I climbed up on top and caught a spot, like a landmark, where I knew they were going to paint it. So that was the first time I just wrote Conejo, H-P-S-D-E, and that was it. That and was the birth right there. Stuck right there. Yeah, and then I just, uh, it went straight into the music, so I would say Conejo Tricks. So all my original songs, you hear Conejo Tricks. Like, from like, from like, Almost the riots. I was already like saying it, but right there it became official in the right in the LA riots. Now maybe you maybe you maybe you don't remember. Maybe you can't really talk too much about it. But I am interested. Like at what point when a riot goes off, right? Like a real riot. Like so, I mean, it, I'm talking about the LA riots. Yeah, you're talking about the '92. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the bill. All right. I, and I get Not it. Not the one three years ago. No, 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 no. No, no, no. <laughs> the right. real one. <laughs> the real one. Right. Yeah, yeah. Shit. So, so <clears throat> at what point, right, when it starts popping off, does somebody... Like, is there an energy that you feel where it's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, we're going out. All right, I'm going to tell you how we started in the house. We were watching the news, right? And we seen... We're watching this shit's burning... And a few hours in, I'm like, man, them fools are running out with shit. <laughs> and then, so we just went and got the, you know, you, when you buy the trash bags, the black ones, the big ones. Yeah, hefty. So they, they come with the rolls, right? Yeah. So we just grabbed the rolls and we headed out straight to the straight to LA to just come up. Right. And we just did what every, you know, what, what, what in Rome you do as the Romans. Yeah. But I mean, is there like an, an, an energy as well? Like when you did, it feel like everybody <clears throat> was doing it together. I don't know. I feel like me and my boys were doing it yeah, together. We yeah, were a team. Yeah. What about it was teams? They were, I, I, yeah. I, I, I seen teams out there working, right? Working yeah, together, for you know. Sure. Right. So <clears throat> I was with my team, and we were all. I mean, even though my house was a, li- a little team, but we joined the bigger team, and we just, you know, work together. Work together, and Big Lux. What about you? I mean, I I can't remember if that was when you helped some guys. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Help some guys with a brand new living room. <laughs> but I think I think my understanding of the story was like uh, I think a few guys got the idea, steal some equipment or something from somewhere, and then and then uh, how did that go? If you can tell it, I don't know. Yeah, they were loading up a truck out of Sam Goody's right there, <laughs> Sunset and motherfucking La Brea, and me and Stella were rolling around. And I remember that uh, I had a fucking Quete with me, and I was like, looking at these two dudes, and they had it almost loaded, and Stella <laughs> yeah. had a little Datsun truck. These guys are loading up like a ram truck you yeah know? yeah and i'm looking at him it's a uh to a, a white it's a like half mexican half white dude and a brother together doing this shit right i'm like looking at him like they kind of look square and stuff i was like Fuck it, let's get what's this i go man just pull up for this motherfucking ride right here dog and he pulls up right next to him 
And the dude's coming right out again, dog, with like this fucking new microwave box. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, man, bring that motherfucker over here. And I just looked at him. He just looked at me and was like, oh, okay. And then I looked at the other dude. I was like, hey, man, just start putting that shit in this truck. Right here, and, and I had them do all the lifting, dog. That's they genius. loaded up the truck, bro. And and I think there was like five or six things left in their truck that wouldn't fit in our truck. Yeah, I got yeah. made him give us all the good shit. Like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, all right, man, we, you guys, you know, he was like, can we just, and I was like, yeah, yeah, keep the rest of it. We got in the car and we drove off, you know, I we left love, all the bunk shit. I but love that there's definitely a, uh, an energy. Yeah. You know, I know me and me and Esteban, I don't know that motherfuckers were with us. Everybody was about their business. Yeah. But me and Esteban were like, <clears throat> We're about it. it. Was like it was no holds barred, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's never like just, that. You could just do whatever you, you want, wanted. wanted to. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I remember, um, like I even had like crackheads working for me and shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's a list. <laughs> <laughs> now I was like, you know, like, hey, so you see, like, living room set walking down <laughs> yeah, the street, like, dog. I'm over here, like, fucking, You're like, directing, air, directing, directing yeah, that way. Yeah. <laughs> And then you know, slide them a piece and yeah, shit, and that's it, bro. you know. But yeah, that was that was that was a was crazy. Interesting yeah, it was. <laughs> I I love stories from that time. It was never gonna be like that again. Nah, like never. they think they had some shit going on with this little bullshit that happened, dude. Like yeah, this motherfucking city was on fire, bro. This city was on fire, and nobody was coming. To help your ass, like you could get, you could do what the fuck you wanted. Nobody, would. if like, if you saw a cop, you would catch a quick glimpse because they'd be speeding off somewhere. Yeah, but they weren't stopping, they weren't looking, they weren't doing shit, dude. I remember, like on the last day, like they were like, "It's gonna be a curfew at." I'm, see, I don't know what month it was, mm -hmm. so I don't know the time, but it was get, it's about to get dark, and um, you know, it was like ten minutes too, and they were like, like. Like a fucking military squadron type. The, well, the soldiers were out. I think it was, was National, National, Guard. National Guard. Was it the National was, Guard? Yeah, they were out. And I remember they they had like a little baby tank on the corner of um <laughs> baby Adam. tank. Yeah, it was some little <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah, some little <laughs> they shit. They had tanks in here. They had a little baby tanks. tank. Yeah. Man, you know shit's going like on. A city tank. Right. Yeah, so so <laughs> we were at we were on Hoover at Hoover Park, right? Yeah. And um, right across the street, there's a big one. We're, like, mobbing it up, and they're looking. They're standing there. They're they're waiting because as soon as it, it turns that time, they, was gonna they were already marching, like, boom, boom. They were, like, <laughs> a few steps, post up, like, riot gear, like, ready. And we're just riding in front of them. And, like, right when it was, like, 10 seconds to, boom. We were, you know, we're so deep. We just, they rushed us, but we're so deep. We're just jumping over, like, going from one street to another. And, right. And, like, there were stories right there that, like, the homie was, we were talking about it last time. The homie was telling me that, well, it was curfew. So, so like, I don't know what agency it was, but they were, like, in plain clothes, reg regular cars. They were pulling up, catching homies, fucking them up, like, gunpoint, like, don't move, and beating them up, and then taking off. But they were like some some like to send a message and shit. Send a message, <laughs> like yeah. they were they could get away with shit too, you know? Right? right. Yeah, hell yeah. So, fuck. I seen about ten of them lined up at a donut shop. They were all gonna get their donuts. That yum night. yum <laughs> donut. Fuck this, yeah, yeah, man, it was crazy. The riots, you know. 
Fucking love those stories, dude. I almost feel like there should almost be like a series or something. There maybe somebody should have done a fucking sh- a mini series called the L.A. Riots. Hell right? yeah! Of all like the all the different stories. That stories. Were going- oh hell yeah! That's a good idea. You have to take that out of the episode right now, so uh, nobody gets. You know how many gems out. come on this dude, show? You know, hey, that'd be a good one, huh? Yep, yep. American dude. Horror Story is gonna. Was, you know how they use the same actors in there, <laughs> dude. That's yeah. true. American Horror Story, like five L.A. riots. Yeah, oh, I fucking love that. Yeah. So, 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 w- in terms of albums and and new music, what's coming up for you, Canejo? Uh, like, what are you? I just yeah. been working on that same album. The reset is done. We just been mixing it, but like, even though I've been working on that this whole year, I just checked the other day. I I, I already dropped twenty two singles this year. Man, so just like really? quietly, I just been like quietly, just like letting them go, letting mm-hmm. them go, like just to add to the catalog, you know, just so that you know the homies have a little little fix, right? And then what about the podcast, man? I see that popping up all the time. Your story that you're laying out there, how's that going? It's cool. It's, it's going good. Like I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna come back with a new season, but but I'm waiting because the the next season I got planned is gonna be stupid crazy. And you know, and and and, and I've been waiting because you know a lot of people in it are dead, so that's the cool part, right? <laughs> so I can <laughs> tell the story a little bit more comfortable, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, <laughs> you know that I'm just just waiting. I mean, I gotta feel it too, right? To to get on the mic and you know, like what do you? I've dis- just been busy. What do you discover, or what did you learn? Like, what are some observations that you made from your experience from doing the the first season? Like, what did you sense about? I just I noticed that motherfuckers loved it. Like when I dropped season one, like because you know we did the sound design, we did all mm-hmm. that. Like fools got into it. You know, fools were like, fools were like, they, the only complaint was like, oh man, they're too short. But right. we did that on purpose. It like keep them fiending and fiending, and and then you know we'll break it up and break it up and but. Like you could read the comments, they're right there on mm-hmm. you could see what they say. The fools are like, Man, that's my shit. I lived through that. <sighs> like in their own little world, they live that. You know, everybody could relate in a certain way, you know. Right. And has anyone approached you about like, hey, let's turn this into a fucking movie or a series? Yeah. Fools have you know, there's little talks going on about about stuff. Right. Steven Spielberg, he's come to you and said, Hey, yeah. we're gonna make this I, movie. I mean there's I George mean George Lucas. Right. <laughs> all of them. You gotta tell him though, he's gotta fix his hair first. That, you're that constantly constantly, bro, you're like filming different stuff. It was like you're down in Mexico doing you know, like what's going on with all that, bro? Um Can you share with us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because all these listeners wanna know, bro. I'm telling you. Well like you know, I I think wherever I go, I like to like get some content and share it with everybody. First right. of all, because they they some fools don't get to go nowhere. They just hear and then they kind of see it through you. You know, so I had went to um I had went to the UK with my girl. So and it's crazy because I was kind of worried because I remember um I said in the podcast I had did a song with this dude from Monterrey, Mexico, right? Mm. When the in the middle of the pandemic. So I'm like, man, let, let me shoot a video. And and, it, and people with visas, they weren't letting them cross into the U.S., right? The border was locked down for people with visas. So he couldn't come over here. But I could go over there because I'm an American citizen. So I was like, fuck it, I'll go over there. Mm. So there was no direct flight. You had to fly into Mexico City. I flew into Mexico City, and their fucking their computer went off when they scanned my passport. <laughs> and these dudes jumped out. They detained me. They put me in a like a holding tank for like, Four hours, then they moved me to another one for another four hours. I was like, man. For what? 
I, I couldn't see. They won't tell you. You know, I seen <sighs> I seen when it flashed, something happened, something popped up on the screen. Oh. And then um they they you know they they were like, you tell me. I was like, why? What what happened right there? And then like, no, you tell us. We don't tell you nothing. You tell us. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Damn. So I mean, what, what the fuck are you talking so about? So I was flagged for something, right? Yeah. Maybe because I just, you know, whatever, what like my past or whatever. So now we're gonna go to the UK, and um, I had got my shit fixed, everything. I, I had a letter from Homeland Security saying that I was cleared, like the, you know, there was no issues, but I still had it. Like I didn't want to get sent back from the, cause they didn't let me stay in Mexico. In the end, they're like, nah, you're getting deported out of here. You're going back to your country. You, when you're not allowed to step a foot in here. And I'm like, man, I'm in Mexico all the time. They're like, you're not stepping in Me- Mexico City. You got to go back. Man. So Damn. they flew me back, right? And um, so now I'm worried about landing in Heathrow. So, you know, it's a 10-hour flight, 11-hour flight, smooth flight, no turbulence. But, you know, when it's, you come down to that last hour, you start thinking about it like, fuck. You know, all right. So I land right there in, in um, Heathrow, and then fucking there was even no, there was nobody in customs. It was like all digital. You scan your shit, you get a green light, boom, go through. And then I seen like some, you know, immigration dudes, like I guess you know, London dudes or whatever, and they were just like <laughs> talking, like they didn't give a fuck. I was like, man, I should have brought a fucking vape pen, right? Because uh, I I didn't right. want to take nothing or nothing, you know. Because so I'm you like, just went and did the digital thing and nothing happened. Nothing happened. So, so what was up with Mexico? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But then, but 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 it really wasn't Mexico. Really, it was something in the U.S. But it flagged like Mexico was like, yo, this what's up with this dude right here? That's so crazy because. So so essentially something in the US caused the Mexican thing to kind of like flag or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and and I found out what it was. What it is is that there was a dude that's on the run with a similar name to mine. What? what? Yeah, yeah, but and he had been on the run um like 8 or 10 years or something like that. They've been looking for him, you know. He's never came back. He just crossed they knew he crossed into Mexico and he never came back. So I'm over there arguing like man, that motherfucker's probably dead. Like, <laughs> there's no telling what homeboy where he at, and you know the the dude. I remember they said he had a tattoo that said Wendy on one of his shoulders. I'm like, I don't got no Wendy on my shit. <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy about that is mm. is that <clears throat> for them to be that specific on that dude and concerned about that, and like you said, nobody's seen him for ten years. But just recently, the mm. United States had. I think they call him La Barbie. Yeah. They the United States had La Barbie deported to to the United States, right? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're gonna fucking Well, he's American though. Well, he but he wasn't yeah, in yeah. America. Yeah, right? yeah, they had they got him over there. Right. And and I and, and I don't know exactly. I mean, I think he might have even been represented in the Narcos series. Like La Barbie is in there. I see Prime nodding his head. What are you saying, Prime? Yeah, he I'm not was. Sure if he... I, I'm not asking you. Maybe uh, no, you he, don't. he was in the Chapel one right. on Netflix, the R- Chapel series. Right, but he is. He, okay, so they deported him or yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. So I'm reading the fucking news. He's MIA. <laughs> He's the, out of the feds. Yeah. The the Mexican government is asking the United States government, "Hey, what'd you guys do with mm-hmm. motherfucking La Barbie?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And the federal prison database people and everybody like, well, I mean, La Barbie who? Oh, it's not in the fucking <laughs> M. We don't know. 
We don't know where he is. Yeah, it's just mysterious. Do you think? I mean, and listen. I mean, do you some think some Illuminati shit, huh? Damn. <laughs> look, look. If I read it from this article, <laughs> the Beltran Leva Cartel, so and so, one of, the, yeah. and this is on the news. So I'm only reading what's on the news. This isn't anything that I know. Bloodthirsty narcos in Mexican history was serving 49 years in Florida, but is no longer registered as being in U.S. custody. What does that mean to you, Big Lex? I mean, we that don't means know. Somebody but... signed him off somewhere. Yeah, yeah, he cut a, cut a deal. Cut a yeah, deal. dog. I mean, he's, he's no longer what? He's Custard. no longer registered. Registered. That sounds like we unregistered him. Yeah. Like somebody else re-registered him. It says, <laughs> it says that the cartel chief does not appear to be in the custody of the United States Federal Bureau of Prisons, where he is serving a sentence running until 2056. And El Pais has run a search of the database and he's not turning up. When was the last time you ever heard of anyone in federal prison getting lost in the shuffle? Disappearing. Never. I mean, you you you've done some you know, you've gone away for a minute or two in state. Did they ever forget about you, no. Big Lex? Did no. they ever just be like, Yeah, we don't no, know? No, <laughs> no. I never even heard of that happening before, to be nah. honest. Uh uh. Uh a spokesman, right? Listen to this. The spokesman for U.S. Correction said, look, guys, hey. Hey, we get a lot of guys in and out of prison. There are yeah. a number of reasons why an inmate may be listed as not in the custody of the Bureau of Prisons. A spokesperson for the U.S. Corrections Agency said, inmates who are previously in the custody of the Bureau of Prisons or who have not served their sentence may be out of custody for a period of time to attend court hearings. I mean, who knows? I mean, a lot of shit happens around here. You know, we lose people out. I mean, who can tell? That sounds insane to me. So if they're like trying to find somebody that they got another country looking for that guy, whoever that is, and it fucked up your travel plans... How is it possible that they actually, that the U.S. government loses somebody in their custody? There's no way that that's done without some kind of deal being made. I mean, he probably has a new identity now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's probably in Europe, Spain, yeah. somewhere. Brazil. Yeah, somewhere. Yeah. He's cooking up some motherfucking ribeye steaks in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. With a gaucho with a so little fucking teepee and fucking right there on the range, bro. I was trying to think about, like, I was trying to think about in my mind, right? Like, I was trying to think about, like, for a situation like that, I feel like... A guy like that's got enough money to pay a lot. Of yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he just well, he made well, a deal. Well, if, if it's a straight money thing, I'd be more surprised if it was a straight money deal. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'd be more surprised. Also, it seems like... At the time that he was coming in, I don't know that he would, quote-unquote, have any real useful knowledge for anybody to cut a deal, right? I'm saying that. I'm not, whatever. I don't think that. But I'm also starting to wonder, like, what use would the federal government, like you said, oh, he's in Europe eating steaks or whatever. What, what use would the federal government have if for... like an expert witness now. Right. I mean, he, he knows shit. Or could you set him up in another country as a businessman who's going to live large but is going to fuck up that other country or do something in that other country that a regular civilian can't? Nah, he's like 50 by now. How old is he? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know. He's like 50. He's probably just like, fuck it. I, I'm 
I'm good. I'm done. I just think that's fucking insane. I mean, shit. I can't imagine. I mean, but but you know, you got twenty, thirty million dollars to send somewhere. And let's figure out how some people are going to divvy that shit up, man. Is it part of the problem with that one? I mean, that makes sense, but also part of the problem with that one is you got the for whatever reason the the, the Mexican federales are like, no, we need to figure out where that guy is at. Like, like they're making us. It wasn't like. Yeah, why is it that they're the ones discovering this? And why are they pushing it in the press? See you know what I mean? Like. Like, if you did get, let's say there was uh, some palms well, that the were... the bigger question is then, why isn't the United States quieting them down? Or, why is the United States openly kind of saying, like, yeah, we don't know? <laughs> like, why would you... If you were in the Bureau of Prisons or you had some sort of play to make, you might not say that unless you wanted people to know, oh, yeah, we can... <laughs> well, we can make things go away here, even you. Right. right, or we, right. we we can make it so there's that there's new rules to the game. There's new rules to the game. Yeah, it's got to be something like it's that. Evolving. Right? Yeah, we're open to do business now. We're open to do business with people who are our friends. Yeah, and whoever's looking for you down south is not going to be able to find. You. I bet you too, though, man. The other thing is, and I'm not going to say for sure, but I would think that to get a deal like that. It don't matter how much money you got, you have to give up some other things oh, to get yeah. that deal. Well, you know what I mean? Prime's is like, yeah. Like, you're going to have to give us fucking five guys just a little bit smaller than you for us to fucking cut you loose. You're going to have to give us some intel or something where we, we got something big. Well, well, those dudes at that level, like, this is documented. They were dealing with the Mexican government. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So so they're, they're into, like, they know, like, government shit. That's what I kind of like lean towards that. That makes sense to me. So like maybe someone in the US who used to be in partnership with somebody in the in the Mexican government, the person in the Mexican government got big for his britches or whatever, and maybe LaBarbie was like, Oh, I know how to help you with that and you're gonna deal with that situation <laughs> and right. in return, right, you're gonna lose me in the shovel. And the United States was sure. like, we were supposed to turn him back over to you guys. Now you guys don't know where to. Well, fuck if you. that guy's got stronger influence or influence on the Mexican government, then he's valuable to the United States. I think so. I think that if he, I think, and once that's the case, then they'll make anything happen so they can get what they want. This is pure speculation, but I think you could make a case that. That somebody in the Mexican government pissed off somebody in the United States government. And then someone in the United States government really wanted the Mexican government, whoever that was, to know, like, man, this guy that's dangerous that probably hates your fucking guts, too, and probably knows where all your friends are and all that stuff. He's no longer around. We don't know where he is. Mm. We don't know where he is. So now (laughs) what are you going to do? Yeah. Shit. That's, that's, that's... That's like mm-hmm. high level fucking. Yep. That's some like push the Twilight Zone fucking soundtrack song right now. Yeah. That's some stuff we probably ain't <laughs> gonna be able to figure out all the ways on those ones. I just thought it was so. I mean, it just br- struck me as crazily odd because I'd never seen a news article like that before. Like I'd never yeah. seen that posited, and I didn't even. 
see the U.S. government deny that they lost them. I'd never seen that before in the news. I'd never seen that. I'd seen another article that said that the feds lost $2 trillion and don't know where it's at. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. $2 trillion. When was that? Recently. No, but what did that. they lose? <laughs> uh, $2 trillion. But, I mean, how did, how did they tell somebody? Like, yeah, somebody we lost- where they were, Somebody did an audit of some shit and came across it. When I read about and the-, the and, and they kind of, the IRS is kind of like, we don't know where it's at. We don't know what happened. And it's been kind of tucked away. Right, well. Trillion I, when I read about. <laughs> Who's keeping count of shit like that? Right? Well, when I read, uh, so when I read about drone and drone warfare and how that shit got developed, right? When you start reading how military procurement deals are done, right? So you've got guys who are in charge of like military dudes, like general and top brass, who are in charge of okaying contracts. Billion-dollar contracts. And then you have the people who supply those contracts. And with everyone that supplies, like, an aircraft carrier. Right? We're talking about a multi-billion dollars just for one motherfucker. <clears throat> all the welds. All... There are so many subcontractors. Taking a piece of that thing? Oh, bro. It's, it's almost nearly impossible and baked into the process mm-hmm. that everyone's getting a little piece of whatever. And two trillion. You might actually come away thinking, like, how is it they only lost two trillion? Right. Not to mention uh, when we do aid internationally, right? Like you hear about, like we, almost every country, we're supplying them with some cash. We put little conditions on it, and, mm, 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 right? Everyone who receives the cash in the international side, a <laughs> lot of those dudes are as crooked as a witch's nose, bro. Uh. They said $2 trillion to get an idea of it is if you gave every fucking person in the United States $65,000. Imagine that, and during COVID, they gave everyone like a couple hundred bucks. That's what they could could scratch up. (laughs) And that only tells you how much money there really is out there. Oh, yeah. Because I can guarantee you that $2 trillion went out to about 20, 30 families. Bro, now you're gonna want to get me started talking about big farm yeah. and then we're gonna get crazy. Bro. Get All right, let's not, man. man. We're gonna get yeah. canceled and shit, huh? <laughs> <laughs> now hey, I feel I, like I, if they were gonna cancel us, they would have canceled us long ago. Hey, Cornell, when you gonna make your own movie? Yeah, man. When you gonna do your own movie, dog? I know that's coming down the line. I for mean, you. I, I just need like the right production team. I need the right budget. I don't want to do no fucking. Shit that looks like some VHS shit. It's gotta look right. Some you YouTube know. movie, right? Yeah, it's gotta look like, you know, whoever plays Conejo, that fool gotta be a, like, fucking actor. You know, theater background where it's just he could he could pull it off like right, right. You know, and then and then you know I would be involved because I seen the shit, so it would just have to be done right. It would have to be like, like one of these big like networks that that level that quality. Some HBO Max shit, you know. Yeah. Like, really execute this motherfucker. Yeah, because, you know, you don't want to, like, 
It's a cool story. You don't want to just fucking. No, it has. It's got, your, it's got your fucking Fuck it name up. on it. You got me yeah. like, fuck, this thing better be a motherfucking hit. I ain't yeah. going to put out some fucking. It's like when I watch on Ray Charles, the movie. Yeah. I've seen that movie like 20 times oh, and shit. I like that movie, you know? What is it that you like about the Ray Charles movie? I just like that, you know, he came from nothing and then, you know, he's, you know, he worked his way up and then, but he had all these obstacles, no matter on his, on his climb, he just had all this, either by him or by someone I was trying to like, you know, I dig the story. It's a cool but story. But it's the thing about what you're saying about him. I don't know that people can really understand the obstacle. I mean, he wasn't just African-American black. He was blind. He was blind. Yes. And he was African-American black when it was like really racist. Like it yeah. wasn't no easy walk. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So I, I like watching that movie. It's just like his brother dies. His mom is like influential. And he just keeps going. Yeah. It's crazy. So I like movies like that. Yeah, I do too, man. I fucking love movies like that. I would say the only other kinds of movies that I like, and it's it's not... You know what? I never really talk about this. Hmm. Pow Wow Highway. Pow Wow Highway. Never heard of it. I know. And it's... Um, probably one of the most influential movies in my life and it's about Indians and it's by Indians and it's like one of the first real reservation Indian movies and like in the first scene a dude buys like a beater car an Indian buys a beater car with a whole bunch of weed and there's like a fucking like a mother like a Catholic Mary on the dashboard and he just rips it off and throws it out the window without even thinking about it right because right, he's Indian right that was the first time as a kid I'd ever seen that that attitude that's not our religion. Right. We don't come from that. Right? And the other one is... Um, running Breath. I didn't see that either. It's the story about... Um, Olympic runner, Indian from the uh, Rosebud Reservation, I think it was. True story. And this was an Indian who was a great runner in like 1960s, I want to say. And, uh, you know, the thing opens up. I can relate so much. The thing opens up and his dad gets him a haircut. He had long hair. He was a boy. He long hair. But his dad wanted him to get into, like, regular life or, or whatever, the modern times. And they cut his hair short. And his grandpa hates it. Hmm. And this guy goes on, Billy Mills, this guy goes on to win the Olympic gold. Hmm. And it, it's such an accurate depiction of how hard it is to be on a reservation and keep hope. Not just because it's so hard, but because some of the people around you are struggling too. And also what the white world was like for Billy Mills when he was doing that and how... He had to try to figure out some kind of way to move ahead and then become one of the greatest athletes of all time. I, I'm telling you, I highly recommend that movie if you like stories about overcoming. There's this movie, um, like when when I was over there in Mexico, you know, I got introduced to the Afro-Cuban religions, right? Yeah. And somehow I, I came across this this singer, this Puerto Rican singer named Hector Lavoe. And then I just got all into this dude's music. This dude is like a fucking... He's like a Puerto Rican Chalino Sanchez or a Puerto Rican Tupac. Like, he sings from the gut, from the soul. So, and this dude, you know, he goes from 
Puerto Rico to New York, and then um, he links up with you know this label. It's a major label, salsa label. It's called Fania, right. and um, he starts dabbling with dope, and and he just becomes major. And then in the movie, um, Mark Anthony plays him, and J Lo plays his wife, Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. So and then you see that relationship, how they're fighting, and he's always high, and then. He tries to get off the shit, and then he goes back to the shit. His son commits suicide. He ends up, like, dying of AIDS. Man. But the movie's dope as fuck. Like, you see the journey where he could, ah, this we should have pulled out right there. And then, you know, he would have been all good. But then, you know, it was probably meant for that, that to go down, you know? What was the name of the artist? The artist's name is Hector Lavo. The movie's called Cantante. Cantante. And, and, um... I always thought, like, man, I'm going to get that on my neck, El Cantante. It's a sad song. It's about this dude. It's the songs. Some dude, Gabe, wrote the song for him, and then he sang it. But the songs, it's like a sad song. The dude's like, he's just, like, telling people, like, like, yeah, you see that I'm fucking selling millions of records or I'm doing it. I got bitches. I got everything. But you don't know the other side of me. I'm fucking sad. I'm a fucking dolphin. I'm all this other shit. And my life's, I live a fucked up life, you know? So I like that. I like because I feel like I, I live that in a way, you know, like I would say that like when like fools like they try to praise me, I get emotional. Like I get like, man, I don't know because I feel like, I don't know, it fucks with me because I don't, I just feel like, like, I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but I just, I, it's not that I don't feel I, I deserve it, but I just, I'm just like going like moving that's it you know man I, I kind of like understand that because there are other parts to us like a real human has like multiple parts and some of them are dark some of them are sad and sometimes the passion that it takes to take whatever this fucking life is gonna give you and keep going is born out of a lot of motherfucking pain early yeah, yeah. on so and like when we go back to what you asked me about the music, yeah, that's how I make my music through that pain. I fucking love that, man. You know, that's how I do it. Like I don't, I don't care. I don't care about no trend or no nothing. That is, that that's not important to me. The only thing that is making music that's like real to me and and you know, it's, that's from the heart and 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 you know, at the end of the day, it's like I'm a I'm a fucking reporter. I'm here to like fucking document what the fuck is going on. You know, because. Mm. The other homie don't know how to rap. This fool don't know how to fucking, he ain't no poet. He, you know, so I could do that, you know? So I do that for myself and I do that for, like, I'm like the voice for the voiceless in a sense. You know what I'm saying? So I just, the reset, that's the new album. And it's about that. On the reset, I got, I was, you know, I'm going to spit G shit all day, whatever, bars and, 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 you know, like, all this, whatever. But on the reset, I have song. I went back to like, I got songs on there that are about my life for real. It's like what I'm living now, you know, what it is to like have a son, and what it is to to this and that. Cause even like I remember when um when I had my first daughter, I didn't see that happen. Mm. I was in Mexico. The mom crossed over to the U.S. Had her over here. I didn't see it, so I didn't feel nothing. I just got a a call like, hey, you have a daughter, mm. and. It, it happened here you know phones were barely having pictures but we weren't trying to do that mm -hmm. and then um then my second daughter that's when i got back the, the four-year-old 
she was born. That shit happened like in 20 minutes. It's like 20 minutes to the hospital, 20, and then like another 20, 30 minutes. It happened so quick. And then my, my girl had her sister there and, and her comadre was right there. So I was, like they kind of pushed me out the way. Mm. But the last one, my son, Joseph, um, that shit was emotional as fuck because this fool was just choking on his fucking cord. He was going to kill my girl. Like all this shit was going on. And after all, and then it's in COVID. So my girl's having the baby and they're over there telling her, keep the fucking mask on. And then they, I remember they said, oh, we're going to have to give her fentanyl. And I was like, hell nah. You better, uh, you better give her some other shit. So, right. So, Advil. Like just not fentanyl. I mean, I've been hearing shit about fentanyl. So I was like, nah, not yeah. that. Some other shit. And then um, finally, they, you know, they do the C-section on her. And that shit fucked me up. So they, you know, they hand me them. I cut it. They, no, no, I don't cut it. They, dude, I think I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But well, that umbilical cord is tougher than you fucking think. Yeah. And then they. Yeah, you're like cutting through. I went like that. Yeah. Right, dude. That was like fucking hard as fuck. <laughs> and then you turn that into they didn't something. Say nothing to me. <laughs> and my girl turned that into something, some kind of like pills after that. They dry it up. Yeah, my and, wife did the same thing, dude. So, she was fucking eating that thing. <laughs> so they took my wife away to go sew her up. It took a long ass time, and I'm right here with this this little boy and. And you know I love my girl, my daughters different than my girls, but when I now have a boy, it's like right. they, I, I know how I love this for. I just looking at them like, damn, that's my little man right there. So I just, you know, shit like that, you know. So that's what the resets about that those type of feelings and just getting back and you know the family situation and just the reset. Like, why yeah, is it like called reset? Why is it called the reset? Cause I feel like I got like a second chance at life, you know, and and, and yeah. there was no fucking telling, you know, when you're in that situation, there's no telling if you're gonna even make it home, I, you know, there is no. I was right there. Fools were getting crazy numbers, right? Crazy numbers, you know, and and I remember when um one day they they came, my lawyer came to see me, right? I, I think I told you this before, and and he said like, hey, they're offering you three years, and that was the bad news. He told me I got good news and bad news. And I was like, nah, I'll take it. And he's like, nah, nah, I could, I could get something better. And I was like, man, there is no better. Hmm. I don't want to play with it. Like, so right. charge yeah. it to the game and let me yeah. keep it. You know, and 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 I remember when I, I told, like, some of the guys, man, they got sad because they were looking at, you know, some of the yeah. homies fighting death yeah. penalty cases and shit like that. So they were just yeah. like, damn, three years? You know, and I could see the look in their face, like, the way they look like, man, if I got out for three years, what will my life be like? Right. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I feel like it's it's the reset, and 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 I said this on the on the other homies podcast. Like I feel like, cause fools, fools be like, like fools be like, man, shave your head. The fuck is that? I'm over here rocking the comb over and all this shit, or or just like, <laughs> on my, you know, on my shit, like what, like however I want to look or dress, and fools right. think that they remember that old picture of me when I was banged out. Yeah. They think that's me, and I should stay like that. So, so that's why I tell the homies, I'm like, man, I ain't come back to wear no fucking Rams, Dodgers, Lakers, none of that shit, no Raiders, none of that. Not that I have something against the teams, but I feel like I ain't come back for that. I can't go to fucking the UK. I was in Glasgow. I was in fucking Belfast and Ireland. I was, I was just like seeing life, like seeing. Pe I like people, you know. And I, and I remember this one time, right? I'm, I, when I was on the run. 
I don't know what the fuck I was doing, but I was in downtown. I would never go around Revolution, but I was like on the fucking cusp of it. Like, because there was this bomb ass restaurant right there, right? Yeah. And then I go, and I hadn't, there was a black dude there eating, and he was hungover. I hadn't talked to a black dude in like fucking, since I went on the run. So I'm eating there, and, and like he's he's next to me. I'm, what's up, man? What's going on? And then he he ends up telling me his whole story. He's, he said he was a, a uh, what is it, a merchant marine or whatever. Yeah. And he told me this whole story how they were on a helicopter and they kind of like went over into North Korea's fucking their fly zone because yeah. their shit got frozen. <laughs> and they put the jets pulled up on them like we're about to blow your shit out the air. And I was just like eating tacos here and this. We're like, yeah, damn, that's crazy, bro. And he was just like, he had been partying with the chicks right there, and he was looking for his boy. Yeah. So, you know, that that's what I'm saying. I just like like people, and I just want to talk to people from all, from anywhere, you know, just meet people and just see people's customs and just hear what the fuck they got to say, you know? Because, like, going out there, I came back inspired as fuck. I was in Liverpool. Yeah. I made my way back to Liverpool. I love Liverpool. You know, I was at yeah, the bar where the Beatles used to play. I was just fucking up IPAs all over the UK. That was my shit. <laughs> and the UKs were fucking rock and roll. Fucking yeah. a lot of rock and rolls yeah. from fucking there, dude. It, did it blow your mind to be in the same fucking places that the Beatles were? Like you. Like you actually are sitting here now and you're yeah. fucking... Did that blow your mind? It did. You know what? It's like a little alleyway before you get to that bar and it's all like little bricks and shit like that. Uh. Then you go down. It was like... A, it Really, I think it was a bomb shelter. Mm. That and then they that makes sense. It became a pub, you know. Yeah, you go all the way down. Yeah, that's how British do it. They turn everything into a, a bar or a pub. Yeah. So then, um, I don't know. To me, I was just like sitting there drinking. You know, and the thing is, over there, an IPA. To me, I'm like, they <laughs> these dudes drink Guinness since they're five and shit. That's yeah. nothing to them, you know. <laughs> they drink over there for reals. Yeah, they, they really do. They, you know, they yeah, throw they them do. back. It's part and, of the culture. Part of the culture. Hey, what was the weirdest thing about being in England? Was there anything where you were like, ah, that's kind of weird. That's, uh... I mean, ah, I don't know. I Did just... you eat any curry? Nah. Hmm. I ate some clam chowder, though. Right. Uh-huh. <laughs> you, did you try the fish and chips over there? Yeah, fish and chips. That's what they do good over there, is yeah, that fucking fish and chips. Yeah, that's chip. like their McDonald's number one combo and shit, the fish and chips and <laughs> shit. The, that's like the go-to. When I was in London, I ate some of the best fucking... Because what India, India. was uh, right was there the, the they the, colonized, the colonized India right? East India Tea mm. Company dude they fucking and some of the best fucking curry I've ever had in my life and, and you know in in fucking London bro and, and you know what like London is so like fucking it's diverse dope, crazy it's everybody's dope. there one it's of like, the most beautiful cities I've ever been in yeah I, I love London and when I got to London. I, I remember because when I lived in New York, I loved like Soho and Tribeca. Yeah. So when I went to London, I realized, why this looks just like Soho. That's where they got all the flags coming off the buildings and that Soho whole looks like that. That exactly. That's right. where it comes from. Yeah. You know, and that's it was right. like, but that plus me walking around, be like Led Zeppelin was living over there. Yeah. Fucking uh, the stones and fucking the cream, yeah. and I'm like, what, dude? It's just like that town is electric bro yeah bowie like all the greats i'm just like everything you look at it's just like that's just fucking dope dude it's been there for hundreds of years you know that's why i tell the homies i'm like man get the fuck out of la like you gotta go experience like the, like because you know like our la state of mind is small we don't ever want to leave right 
to 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 even like the homies go as far as Vegas and then they turn back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like, I mean that's true. They that's go, ah, oh, no, I think we're going too far. Let's go. Well, I mean, I know, I know homies from LA that never been to the beach. Yeah, <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, for real. And, well, I think, back up, homies from Santa Monica never been to the beach. <clears throat> <laughs> no, but I, I, you know, I think. I think partially too though some folks just don't have the opportunity so they make the best of it right so they're like yeah I'm not ever you know I, I'm not in a situation where I'm going to get to go to London right so I'm going to make being in LA the yeah, best yeah, because I'm I here get I get it I get it I'm not like hating on them for I don't that. I don't think that at all I, I I'm not saying I'm that I'm just but, saying like if they could get out you should go out and see that at least go to New York but I think Chicago it, at least at deep least. dish you know, the thing, but the thing you know. of it is, but the thing of it is, though, dude, what I see when I see you is is somebody who is an example that it can happen for you, like like where you came from and what you where you started out and what you were facing and all that stuff. If you can get to London, it, I think for a lot of young people who don't think they've got options yet, they can look at you and be like, you know what, it is possible. I can go to London. And I'm not necessarily saying you do it for that reason, but I do think it's important. Dude, representation matters. You know what, man? One of the reasons why I wear braids to court mm. is because people don't see Indians anywhere. Mm. You really don't. And when you do, you think like, oh, this is like, you know, there's somebody at some either a casino or they're fucking in a teepee or they're you know somewhere else. But they don't. you don't see an Indian participating directly in modern culture and and there and showing up and being like yeah and i do that partially because i definitely feel other indians need to hear an indian that's not saying the same old shit that it's always said yeah, yeah. right and i'm not dogging it out cuz it's a real thing and it matters but also it does matter for young natives young indians to see somebody doing podcasts being a lawyer going out there and it's not yeah. always stuck doing what society says yeah. the you're indian guy should be doing exactly right. what you call it when i was in colombia right i was over there for a month in bogota yeah we were shooting a movie and um we were on, we were shooting in this like it looked like some fucking Brazilian favela type shit like in the hood, <sighs> but it was dope. Colombian yeah. people are beautiful people. They're like nice as fuck, right? And um, so we're in this hood, right? And then base camp, you know, that's like with wardrobe where you eat all the shit. Yeah, it was across the street from this bar, right? So I'm walking from where we're actually shooting back to base camp, and and then I'm just hearing fucking I'm hearing Vicente Fernandez loud. I'm like, who the fuck is playing that? Yeah. I'm hearing Ramon Ayala. I'm hearing all the Mex like the classic Mexican shit loud. And then and then I go inside base camp and I keep hearing it, you know? Yeah. I'm hearing those Wookies. I'm hearing all this shit, Los Tigres del Norte, all these bands, <laughs> right? And um, they're like, it's coming from the bar. And I'm like, that's all they're playing, Mexican music. So I go over there to the bar and and I, you know, I tell the 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 dude right there, I'm like, parce. Why are you fools playing this shit? He's all that's all we play in this bar, Mexican music. And then one of the dudes was telling me that that Mexican has influenced Mexican culture has influenced Colombia so much that to the point that when a Colombian dude dies, they take mariachi as, as to the burial. Wow. What the hell? Wow. Yeah. Yo. So about that. So I just like, you know, like like Colombia, that's another spot. You know, I just went, I was like. I was just kind of humbled, like, because, you know, I wasn't shooting every day, and, and I wasn't, there was days when I had, I was just off, so I just go, like, fucking explore, I jump in the Uber, I met this one fool, little Uber driver, 
food smoke weed, all that shit. And that food, you just call them up. What's up? You available? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put gas yeah. in the shit. We'll kidnap that food for the day. You know, like, right. man, we want to take you to eat, put gas in your shit, and pay you. And fucking, we just explore, you know, like, I want to see all that shit. Like, I remember one, I went to a recording studio over there in Colombia, right? Mm. And um, it was crazy because I was trying to get a studio and I was, I fucking Googled some studios and they were all giving me a hard time. They could tell my accent. Nah, well, you got to get four hours and up. I was like, fine, I'll get them. And they were just, well, we'll call you back. But nobody was calling me back. So I told the taxi driver, I'm like, hey, you don't know, none of your boys got a recording studio? He goes, nah, but my boy sings reggaeton. He knows. So they call this reggaeton dude up. Yeah. He calls me. We're on like a three-way whatever. He's like, yeah, you know, it's going to cost you this much. I'm like, fine, <laughs> link, hook it up. Yeah. We go over there. We, we my, And then my boy was in Mexico City. My boy that raps with me, Bugsy. Yeah. He finds out I'm in Colombia. He's been to Colombia like 50. He loves Colombia. He's been there like 15 times. He's like, hey, you're over there? Man, I'm I'm going to get a flight. I'll call you back. So he showed up. Now we're like, we're at, we're, we're at the studio now. We're recording, right? Yeah. Chilling. And then um, we get done. It's nighttime. You know, the Bogota looks like, it kind of looks like Bel Air, like the area where, where, where I was cruising through. It kind of looked like Bel Air mixed with like Wilshire, mixed with Mahalan Drive. It just looks sick as fuck. And it sort of looks like fucking um, Canal and Bourbon, like Canal. Uh-huh. You know that the you know in um New Orleans the, yeah. yeah that the big street yeah there's a street like that and then um and then I, I was like I remember I told them I'm like now take me to the fucking hood I want to see some shit like <laughs> take me to the grimiest spot and he's like you sure yeah take me so we went and man that shit looked like fucking MacArthur Park in ninety uh-huh. one that shit was it was it was grimy hell yeah that shit was like my expectations I was just like <laughs> alright that's enough like, we gotta get out of here yeah yeah no there was like I'm like there's like I'm, there was like prostitutes on the street crack kids o- over there they smoke super crack it's called basuco it's like some it's like the the, the base of the <laughs> when they when they get the when they make the cocaine it's like some it's like they call it bazooka because that shit's flammable. They light it, pff, it goes up like a bazooka. Super crack. So we're seeing this shit, right? And I'm like, man, this shit looks, it looks, it's intense, you know? <laughs> it looked like the 90s and over there, West Lake area. Like, yeah, it's dope like smokers. A, yeah. Everybody's got their high beams on. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Uber dude's like, hey, man, get in already, man. Yeah, I'm like, I just want to breathe this shit. I want to like, I want to see what it's like. <laughs> I just want to take a blast. From yeah, the <laughs> just stand downwind from me, this guy. Like, let me get, get a blast the wind. Contact super up, bazooka. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll be clowning. We'll be on the set. We'll be on the set, and like the workers, you know, I'll be clowning. I was boy. I became boys with all of them, you know. Yeah. And they like to hear, like, they'd be like, "Oh, this fool's Mexican," and you know me, I, I'm easy going. You could, we could fuck around, and you know. And then get our jokes on and all that shit, right? And I'll be like, what's up? You fools want some bazooka? Like, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, hell nah. That hell shit, that back, shit'll man. ruin your life. Ruin your life. Yeah. No, sir. <laughs> yup. But, you know, that. I had a lot of fun out there in Colombia. And then, I, then, like, I made a pit stop in Panama on the way back. And it's crazy because the national bird of Panama is a harpy eagle. And I'm from Westside Harpies. Mm. So when you get off the plane in the airport in Panama, there's a big-ass harpy eagle right there on the whole wall. So I was just like, damn. Did you put a pit? Did you put a picture yeah, of yeah. the harpy? I saw that. Yeah. I was like, that's a bad motherfucker. And my girl found a harpy eagle feather. Mm. 
you know, so... Yeah, you can't fuck with that. Yeah, yeah, so it's just like, it's cool. I, I enjoyed it, you know, I like that type of shit. And that, I'm saying, every time I go out, I come back inspired, like, I, yeah. you just, you, you pick up game, like... Hell yeah. You pick up, like, not not necessarily game, but you pick up, like, on culture. Yeah. You pick up a better understanding of, like, that we're not, this ain't all there is. Yeah. We ain't the only ones. Motherfucking, yeah. millions of motherfuckers making it happen without the United States consent. And look, when I was right there in Liverpool, right, some dude sends me a message, right? And then he's like, hey, I'm out here. I'm gonna tattoo. Let me tattoo on you. I'm like, nah. I, I didn't want to say no, but, you know, he was like, let, let me like, let me do a piece on you. I'm like, oh, man. I'm like drinking. I'm walking around with my girl. Like, I, I'm not in the, like, a mind state for a tattoo. Right. But he's like, I got some gifts for you. Let me pull up on you. So he's, he came from... um. Manchester, I think. Man, he smashed over there. It took him a minute, Damn. and and I was getting ready to leave, and he showed up, and and there was this this you know six foot tall white dude, but he was banged out. He was like a homie, and all his um he gave me his tattoo book like with all his lettering. It was influenced by it looked like fucking sleeps big sleep shit, mm-hmm. a defer shit. It looked like it was all laid out, and so that, that was another thing. I was like, damn, we've influenced L.A. Man, we've Hell influenced yeah. this whole shit. This whole yeah. fucking planet, as a matter right, of fact. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah, like we 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 were we're everywhere, you know. Hell and, yeah. And, and I don't know. I thought that was pretty dope, you know. Well, reset. Right. No, no, reset. Reset. Also, December 9th. December 9th. Conejo Christmas? Yeah, the, right. the, the Nightmare Night Before, before Christmas. Christmas. Nightmare four. Before. This, is our, this is our fourth, fourth one. one. Remember we it. were at the one two years ago? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. I loved it. And that fucking crowd was live. And uh, I linked him up with uh, Mr. D, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. I hooked him up with Mr. D. I guess Mr. D's going to pop up over there that night, too. All right, well. I think he came with us that one year, didn't he? Him and Jeff? And to Schwartz the, was there too. To the show, Schwartz was there. Schwartz was there, and I do remember a, a, a bigger fella, a bigger fella. There was like a kind of yeah, a big fella. I don't know. Yeah, maybe Jeff and D and, did and show. And D did come. All I, think I so. know, all I know, is that Canelo rolled out the red carpet when we went back. We got some cool ass fucking pics. The crowd was live. That shit was bomb. Oh yeah. Oh and hell yeah, it was. And and uh, I'm remember gonna, you, I was there that night. You're like, I think Tempo's gonna come through. Yeah, oh, I heard he was. Yeah, yeah. And 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 I never listen. I I never said I haven't even cleared it, so I don't know. But I'm just saying I'm willing to take an hour off the recording show to make sure that we can be there for our friend yeah, Mr. Yeah, Conejo, yep, right? Yep, show yep. our proper respects and see a fantastic motherfucking show. That's for sure. December 9th uh, at Conejo. Rapper? Yeah, that's the IG, Conejo Sorry. Rapper. Right. Mm-hmm. This show is going to be at Don Quixote. 2811 East Olympic Boulevard. Right. Cross Street of Soto. Right. Olympic and Soto. Right. Um, it's going to be me and Chino XL, Misfit Soto, Trouble Kid, um, Coyote is going to be there. Right. Yep. It's a, it's like a, it's, it, you know, the Nightmare Before Christmas so. becoming a fucking festival. That's, that's right. right. 
It needs festival. to be a festival. I, I heard yep. Big Lux is going to be there Big from Lux. your favorite yeah. podcast. Hard Lux going to be in the fucking right. building. Absolutely. So if you're listening to this, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, you show up, you might get your ass kicked by Chumahan and Hard Lux, your favorite <laughs> yeah, podcast, yeah. you show up there. But, you know, this is L.A., man. You got to come out, man, for yeah. the real L.A. shit. You know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. So, listen, man, give my man a follow. Check out his music. Check out his new album that's coming out. And uh, December 9th, get some tickets. Come on through or come to the door and pay. We'll all be there. Listen. And we'll be putting up our flyers. We'll be storing our flyers. So when you're listening to this, Keep our stories out. We'll have flyers up so you can get all the information. I hope to see you guys December 9th. Canejo. I got to Canejo is, 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 is maybe my favorite guest. Mm-hmm. Always. I love this guy. Damn. He's a good dude. What you got? Ovando Bone LLP. We wear braids to court. Let the tomahawks fly the best legal representation. Civil. That money can buy. Excellent. You got anything, Big Pig Mike? Yeah. Mike Angelo Photography on IG. Hit me up. You need some shots. We'll get it done. Yes, sir. Get it uh, done. King Salmon. <laughs> hmm Get to Very 21 good. quicker. Get, get to 21 Get faster. to 21 faster. faster. How about you, Sean? Old blue eyes. www.hardluckshow.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm. Sean at Movement. Nah, no. Nah. If you if you aren't if you don't have a podcast, fuck your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck your Listen podcast. Listen to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck your I'm, I'm done trying to help people with their podcasts. Fuck them. Yeah, I like this Sean. Prime, what you got, Prime? What you got for us? Prime. Prime, uh, it's Prime Films. Prime Films. Prime Films. That's, That's it. Out. Keep an eye out That's for that, it, bro. Baby. More talented people. Janelle, yeah. you want to say anything? You want to give any final shout outs? Anything like that? Man, just shout out to everybody in LA. Pull up to the show. Come fuck with me. I'm gonna fuck with you. And um, that's it. That's the nightmare before Christmas four. Shout out to the homies from the Underground Hip Hop Blog that put this event together. Yeah. Uh, Latin Beast TV, the Hard Luck Show. Yeah. Um, the whole squad right here. Yeah. And you already know SK Mobs in the motherfucking building. Yeah. You better believe it, man. Yeah. Cornejo from the west side of Los. That's right? it. Um, peep out Cornejo Rapper, all right, at IGM. Check out his music. Uh, www.supermaxhardware.com. Peep us out for the holidays. Cookies SF, at Cookies SF, at Vibes Rolling Papers. Big shout out to Burner, the whole Cookies Vibes family. Shout out to Estevan Oreo and the Soul Assassins. So Big sense. shout out to Cornejo for coming down tonight. And our sponsor, Pulpo Beard Oil, right. Calico, Instagram Jesus, and Instagram Jesus, soon to be TikTok Jesus. That's right. So in IG TikTok Jesus, we're sending our best out to you. And Enzo's Pizzeria in Westwood Village. Hey, mm-hmm. Enzo, thank you for all the great food <laughs> and smoke vibes. Vibes. Hasta la vista. Roger. I mean, I'm not fucking hard like that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not fucking hard like that. Fucking, I was, I was infected from my foot. Fucking, I was, I was infected from my foot. Fucking, I was, I was infected from my foot. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.